This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. Hello and welcome to the Academy Show on the Blood Red podcast channel to bring you the latest from Liverpool's under-23 and under-18 teams. My name is Paul Wheelock and I'm delighted to be joined by Matt Addison, who hopefully you've heard on our post-game and View from the Cop podcasts. Matt, thanks for coming in, mate. Yeah, no problem at all. Thanks for having me. Great to have you here. You were, you're a regular down at the Academy as well and you were there on Friday night to see Liverpool's under-18 start the new year with a 1-0 win over Sunderland and I think made it five straight victories in all competitions. What was your, your verdict on the performance in the night itself? Yeah, I mean, it was uh, quite a one-sided 1-0 game, to be fair. Um, Sunderland didn't do much attacking. I think Barry Lucas told me at the end, you know, um, previously, the reverse fixture, Liverpool had gone to Sunderland and won 6-1. So clearly, Sunderland were never going to come out big and risk that again. Uh, I can't remember Sunderland having a shot in the entire match, to be honest. It was, you know, all down at their end of the field. Um and just, just the resilience, really, of, of Liverpool's players to keep going, to show that maturity and eventually get that goal to win 1-0. We've talked a lot this season uh, on the Academy show with people like James Pearce about the uh, the goal-scoring attributes of this team. There's I mean, 6-5 thrillers, as, it, as you say, 6-1 wins. And, and Bobby, Dunkel, Bobby Duncan, I should say, and Paul Glatzel have obviously took a lot of the headlines. But who, they weren't on the score sheet on Friday. Who were the players that you thought stood out? Yeah, I mean, th- there was a few, to be honest. Um, I think... Bobby Duncan picked up a head injury in training. That's why he was missing. Um, I think I think four times, uh, sorry, ten times this season we've scored four or more goals. And this was one that you needed a bit more creativity from midfield. I thought Jake Kane in the middle of the park, um, really impressive, setting that tempo, making sure that every time Sunderland lumped the ball clear, last ditch, it was recycled and the pressure continued. Uh, so I thought. That, that was probably the best game I've seen him play. Um, really impressive in the middle. Paul Glatzel as well. He should have probably scored. Um, he had a volley from inside the area that the keeper did well to, to save. I think that's, he's got 17 goals this season, though, so you can't, you can't really... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> can't give really him complain. an off night, can't you? <laughs> yeah. Um, and Fidel O'Rourke as well, up top with him. Um, lots of energy, lots of quality. He's a very good technical player. Um, Liverpool have obviously got a few of those. That's the kind of player that we produce now. But I thought on that night in particular when you're looking for someone just with that little bit of extra quality with the final ball I thought he was really really impressive I think Fidel O'Rourke correct me if I'm wrong he came from kind of like amateur football hasn't he I think he's only, he's only a youngster isn't he he's a, he's a young yeah. under 18s yeah. player but I've, I've, for quite a few times this season he, he's got goals hasn't he yeah he's he's impressed really obviously trying to get into the team ahead of 17 goals each from uh, Bobby Duncan and, and Paul Glatzel is uh, a tough ask but as you say he's a young young player I think this is probably his first season at the under 18s level but yeah to to show that desire you can see that he's a Liverpool player as well the way that he presses he keeps pushing forward defending from the front um, and you know Barry Lutus was delighted with him as well at the end the goal scorer on the night was Lewis Longstaff. I got that right, hasn't it? It's not Louis, or did you prefer uh, Lewis? I'm not sure, to be honest. I've heard, I've heard a few of each. Um, well, I apologise. We'll call you Lewis <laughs> and Louis uh, Longstaff. And if anyone like me was watching the BT Sport uh, FA Cup replay in the week between Blackburn and Newcastle, his older brother, Sean Longstaff, scored from Newcastle. I think they are from that part of the world, but uh, yeah, he's yeah. making a bit of a name for himself yeah. with the Liverpool Academy. What was his performance? What was his goal like? Yeah, uh, well, it came from a, a set piece, actually. Um Short corner, nicely worked, and he was just sort of on the edge of the area. Nice little turn to beat his man, and then a, a really neat finish. So uh, a good week for the Longstaff family. Definitely, I'm sure his mum and dad and uh, 
parents, guardians, uh, rest of his family were made up. And imagine Barry Luters was. We'll come on to him in a, in a, in a second. You, as you said, you spoke to him after the game. But now that's Liverpool under 18s, two points clear at the top of the under 18s Premier League North table. Uh, in our last Academy Show podcast, we talked about how they negotiate their way through uh, the, the group stages of your way for Youth League. And, and on Monday night, this Monday, uh, this podcast will be going out on the Sunday, so it's tomorrow night. Uh, they'll have the chance to book their place in the fifth round of the FA Youth Cup when they take on Akron's and Stanley in St. Helens. I'm sure Stanley will have a few scousers in the team. I'm sure it'll be a, a cracking game. And, you know, Barry Lutus, after replacing Stephen Gerrard, what a figure Stephen Gerrard is at Liverpool and, and what a job he did with the under-18s before going to Rangers. Every credit to Barry Lutus. You know, really good job isn't he yeah I mean big shoes to fill of course Stephen Gerrard moving on to Rangers as you say uh, and Barry's come in and he's done well I'm not sure the exact record but I think they've won something like 18 out of 21 something like that so really really impressive um, and you've, you know you can't help but be impressed by him whenever you hear him speak um, he's clearly enjoying the role he's progressed as well through the academy which I think is quite nice he's worked from sort of under 11s under 12s and worked his way up as well which I think to have someone who's made those steps the same way that the players have made those steps, I think that's a, a really nice thing for him as well. Yeah, totally agree, mate. And as I say, you, you spoke to Barry after the game and here's what he had to say. Uh, so obviously a 1-0 win tonight. Um, how pleased were you with the performance, the, the maturity, the patience? Yeah, it was tough. They, they blocked up They blocked up the game. Obviously they came here just to try and frustrate us. We said to the boys before in the team meeting, we won 6-1 at their place and we played really well and we said they're not going to come here and just roll over again. I thought they'd maybe come out a little bit more than what they did, even at 1-0. But it's tough, it's not as easy as it looks sometimes, having all the ball and trying to probe and play through, and they blocked and cleared and starting again. So, yeah, I was, you know, I wouldn't want to play against that every week. But, you know, I think in terms of the development, you know, you know, sometimes maybe when you play for a, a big team, that's part of it. Yeah, obviously you mentioned the development, that's obviously the most important thing, but you're also top of the, the table as well. How pleased are you with that? Yeah, it's great for you. Yeah, no, it's good. Obviously, you know, Stevie Hunter said that on the interview the other day, I didn't even know we could go top. I know we've won a lot of games, so I know we're near there. Uh, it's great for the boys, because I think, you know, I think as part of their development, they've got to get used to competing at that end of the league and, and understanding that results are important and part of their development as well. So no, no, it's great. It's great for them, it's great for us. And it's just, you know, it's another game done and we can kick on to the next one. What, what can you do differently against a team like that? What can you do next next time you come up against that? What can it's, you do differently? It's hard. We said at half-time, we talked about, you know, we're a team, we passed the ball a lot. We've got them types of players. But sometimes you need that little bit of magic. I think Louis' goal was that. I know it was a set-piece, but someone who can maybe beat a player and then you've got to maybe sometimes kill one in the top <laughs> yeah. corner. That yeah, yeah. But maybe sometimes you 1v1 players. We, we swapped... We, we tried to swap Louis and Yasser because we felt first half we, 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 we had the beating them down that side but maybe we needed something on the other side as well so sometimes it's maybe just maybe moving your players where you think they can have that most effect but I think today sometimes the combinations it was tough yeah. you know it was tough you know we didn't break them down as often there wasn't much space Keepers made some good saves Keepers made some good saves and yeah I'm glad it, I, I think it would have been really unfair on us if it had been one of them nights yeah. you know they wouldn't say that but I, I, I think it would have been for us towards them and they finally got in your half for, for yeah do you know what I said, no matter how a game goes the end of a game when you win it they always end up in there in the corner <laughs> I don't know what it is but yeah it was you know I think I think you know we tired a little bit as well uh, I think you know they tired which helped but you know we've had a few lads Louis and Yasser have been out for well over yeah. a month and obviously we had a tough weekend you know just coming back there so you, you could see there it was, it was, it was quite taxing did you get a, a little bit of a boost 
I know it's six aside tournament and that kind of thing, you get a bit of boost of picking up trophies and yeah, winning no, feeling together. Do, do you know what? I didn't really know what to expect when I said to you that. I didn't really know what to expect when we got there and we said we'd try and transfer as much of our principles in the 11v11 game to the 6v6. So I think in sort, you know, you know, internally we talk about some non-negotiables when we're on the pitch, things that have got to happen so they don't rely necessarily on talent but, you know, hard work so on and so forth. So we said, look, if we can match our non-negotiables with the individual quality we've got and I thought we were good at that in Germany. We had a bit of 1v1, you know, Jack Byrne, Elijah, they had real nice moments. So... I was actually surprised how much we were able to transfer and, and, and getting that winning feeling, you know, semi-final against Bayern Munich, it had something about it. And then obviously the final as well, you know, the, the, you know it was a bit of an atmosphere, wasn't it? There was a few people in. So, yeah, you know, I, I think you can. I think winning, yeah. you know, sometimes winning's winning, isn't it? And it was, it was a big event, wasn't it? It, it? it was a good event, so, yeah, so hopefully it's a nice start. And one of the things you mentioned sort of <coughs> about five minutes after the, after the final whistle on, in the final in Stuttgart was, was that you wanted to refocus and, and sort of go again for this game. Was it, was it quite easy to do that with some of the lads, particularly you know, having a young group with you over there? <laughs> yeah, it was actually. They trained, they, trained, they trained really well, I think. We have got a lot of competition for places. We've got a number of boys who obviously, you know, I think they enjoy playing in this group because I think it's a nice... I think you'd want to play in it. I think you'd want because you're on the ball a lot. It's creative, it's attacking. But at the same time, there's one or two who want to play in the under-23s as well. So if they're going to get in the under-23s, they've got to perform. So, you know, it makes my job a little bit easier in that way. But what we've also got, we've got competition for places. You saw the bench tonight. We're able to bring Jack, Elijah, Mateo on. You know, so, and obviously there's a few boys around the 23s training today. So there's lots of competition. Bobby and Nico are... Yeah, well, Bobby played, you know, Bobby played on Monday. So, you know... You know, it was an ideal chance to give Fidel a run. Do you know what I mean? So it was kind of one of them. So you know, we've he, Bobby trained with us yesterday, but it was just an ideal chance. You know, I, I think it's important this second half of the season we're giving as many boys a go if they've earned it. Yeah. And I think with Bobby getting his first one off for the 23s the other day and playing a lot of minutes, that'll take a lot out of his body because it's quite demanding. So it was just probably one of them where it was an easy decision yeah. to put Fidel into the. This time of year, I mean, I remember. Probably around this time of year, Ben Woodburn came through, Curtis came through at this 18th yeah. level. Do you, do you, have you got them? Do you see them type of players even below, yeah, below no, what you you've can. got, always yeah. ready to come and step up? You know, sometimes you it takes a little bit longer physically, you know, you know, mentally, you know, but it takes a little time, you know, position. It can be a little bit of luck as well, yeah. which comes along the way, you know, positional need and, and the next thing you're called up or 23, maybe run a form. And sometimes this time of year, you know, Sometimes, especially the first years, they're just starting to find the rhythm in terms of the body, the training program, because it's quite demanding day to day. Obviously, with training, the gym, and all the physical parts as well. So, I think this time of year, you sometimes just see people just starting to step up a little bit. So, yeah, we'll see. Hopefully, yeah, we, you know, I've always said if we move the boys up to the 23s, that's that's the, that's the plan. <coughs> that's the plan but, but we'll see as long as I've got a couple left. Can I just quickly yeah. ask you about Keanu Hoover as well? Obviously, yeah. made his first team debut. Is he, um, you know, how pleased are you for him? And oh, of course, because like you know, listen, at the, when you work with lads and, and and you know, it's like you know, if someone worked with you and they got a promotion, you'd be made up for them. You know yeah. what I mean? You know, I'm, I'm, I'm ever so pleased. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's a good boy, and obviously you build a relationship with the parents. So you know, it was nice to speak to the parents the day after, and so it, yeah, of course. You know, it, it's a real, it's a real kind of, uh, you know, I don't want to be too cliche, but it's a real nice tight knit family here. You know what I mean? Uh, you know, it's, it's a tight knit staff. You know, and, and that probably comes through to the players as well. So you know, you know, when you see people, like, I know, you know, I know Kiana played, but you know. 
Curtis and Rafa have played a lot of games here. You know, Curtis more than more than most since he was yeah. seven or eight. And you know, I think back to some of the games on the on the back pitches with them. So to see them go out and play, you know, yeah, I was extremely pleased for them. And you know, obviously pleased for the whole academy as well because the work that goes into them so uh, so no it was great it was great you taking full credit for Kiana? <laughs> no no not full credit you know, not full credit. <laughs> no no I think I think you know to, you know, testament to him how he's settled you know but you know he, you know, it, it, he, he'll know as well he's a good boy all, the boys here the good boys the sensible do you know what I mean the sensible and you know he's got it was great you know but he's, he's got lots to do Throw all them lines out, but you know we can talk on top level. You get texts off Alex and that when when Kiana's coming on and Chris. Do you know what? It was it was it it was a real nice weekend because uh, because obviously we won the tournament and then a few of the boys there was a few bits went on which was nice inside the academy so it was a real nice feeling and then we got back about six o'clock and I I kind of I kind of kind of got the feeling that Kate was going to be in it. Yeah. So I rushed home, watched it. And then I couldn't believe it when Lovren went down and the camera went to Trent. Yeah, yeah. And I thought, oh, Trent's going to go show. That'll be interesting centre back. And then I saw him put his shirt on. And I thought, oh, my word. So, no, it was great. It was great. It was nice. Yeah, it was, it, was, it, was, it was great for him. But yeah, as you can imagine, the staff were all. Yeah. But you're a bit nervous as well. Yeah. You're nervous for them. You know what I mean? I think you're more nervous than the lads. They're quite calm. And yeah. So, no, it's, it's great for them. It's great. We're all pleased. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Okay, that was Barry speaking there. And as you you heard towards the back end of that conversation, you asked him about uh, Kiana Herver, who earlier in that week uh, made his senior debut at the age of just 16 years of age, uh, along with Curtis Jones and Rafa Camacho. They also played in the FA Cup game at Wolves. Just how big a, a boost is it for the academy? You know, you could really hear in Barry's voice just how made up he was. Yeah, I think it's massive. It's a big example you know, we've seen players like Jaden Sancho move uh, because they haven't been able to get a chance. Um, but for the, for the the whole academy, I think Barry mentioned that he said, you know, it's just an example to show that if you perform well, you show that you're capable of it, you're ready for it. Then the first team is is there and it's ready for you. I mean, Keanu Herve has been training for the le- the last month, two months with the first team. He's obviously impressed enough that Jurgen turned to him. Uh, in a time of need and it's great for the lad you know he's he's just turned 17 now he's still got a long way to go a long way to learn but you know that's the best way of learning isn't it to to be thrown in there and to do as well as he did I think anybody who didn't know how old he was would never have guessed from that performance totally agree that bit where he brought the ball out in the second half was just shows a sign of his confidence for a a defender to be doing that and you mentioned a really good point there mate you you, you talked about Jadon Sancho and there's this big Discussion what's probably been in the media and in the kind of football world probably for about a year, 18 months now about players going to particularly the Bundesliga and it sounds like the, the young Chelsea kid Callum Hudson-Odoi is, is very much wanted by Bayern Munich. It's a bit different at Liverpool, isn't it? Because probably one of Klopp's best attributes he's, he's got to get, <clears throat> his job is to, to win silverware as first team manager at Liverpool, but he, he does have one eye constantly on the academy and it, it seems like if you're good enough or if, if there's a, an opportunity like there is for Kiana Herver and he's obviously good enough as well, he will give you that chance. He's, he won't go and buy a player for the, for the, for the sake of it, will he? No, I mean, I think it, it helps as well. His, his hand's kind of forced in that we don't have the same resources available at Liverpool that Manchester City and perhaps Chelsea as well have. But yeah, of course, if you are good enough, why, why shouldn't you be in the first team? If you can show that, you know, obviously Kiana Herver isn't a young English player, but he's, he's still only just 17, 16 when he made his debut 
And he's proven that if you do give young players a chance, they can do that. And I think that will help in, in future as well. That gives the example for other players to follow. Obviously, Curtis Jones was playing as well. Um, and, you know, Jürgen's... He's not going to play anyone who he doesn't think's ready and he doesn't think's good enough. But if you are ready and you are good enough, why would you go out and, and waste money on somebody else when you've got that player in the ranks already? Yeah, it's it's a funny one with young players as well. Obviously, the talent's got to be there. The the, the uh, desire from the first team manager to give them that chance is, has got to be there, which both are with someone like Kiana Herva. But I suppose it's luck as well, isn't it? In a way, you know, Alexander-Arnold, as good as player he was, benefited, benefited from Klein's injury. And obviously, as we were recording this podcast earlier this week, Alexander Arnold was has ruled out for a month or so, and Joe Gomez is still on his way back, but he'll be back soon. And there's always that option of playing Fabinho or Milner there. But for someone like Herver, he may be thinking, you know, I might, might get a couple of games here, or I might get back on the bench again in this in these next few weeks. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think uh, Rafa Camacho is is a big one as well. Obviously, with his versatility, we've seen him for the first team play right back, um, but he's. Uh, for the under-23s, he ended the game as a number nine. He started as a number 10. He's played wide right, wide left. And that versatility gives him that added edge as well because wherever there is a shortage, he's potentially someone who can come in. He's been on the, the first-team bench, obviously, a few times this season. Um, but I can definitely see him getting a, getting some game time between now and the end of uh, the season. Yeah, we'll come back to Camacho in a minute. But probably ask you this question, not as a journalist, but as a, as a Liverpool fan, as people who listen to our podcast will know you're a Liverpool fan. Don't think we're giving the game away too much there, <laughs> mate. But is it important for you as a supporter to see players coming through the academy as a Liverpool supporter? Not just as a football supporter, but as a Liverpool supporter? Yeah, I think so. Um, particularly local players, obviously. We've seen Stephen Gerrard, Jamie Carragher over the years in, in recent times. Um, and it, it's good to have that tradition. I think it's uh, a, a big part of of Liverpool Football Club is to have young players coming through the ranks. Trent Alexander-Arnold now is is obviously the latest one, um, and it, it's just someone that you can relate to. It's people in this country, you know, whoever you support when you're growing up, that's the team that you dream of playing for. And to see people achieve that dream, and to to show that people from Liverpool and the, the surrounding area can achieve that dream I think it's you know why wouldn't you want that I think that's such a big part of Liverpool's history not just Liverpool other teams as well um, but you know it, it's um, it, it's an extra pleasure when you're watching them at Anfield to know that they one day were you as a fan yeah now they're on the pitch it's just such a nice story yeah it's very inspirational isn't it I'm sure Kiana Herver any kind of teenage boys and girls watching that or younger than that at Wolves probably think oh never know there's a chance but <laughs> yeah. the way football is the harsh realities he was brought back down to earth when we talk about this uh, this game it was a, it was the following Monday so the Monday just gone uh, he played against Brighton didn't he for the under 23 so, you did, know, yeah. which is a step up anyway considering he's only yeah. just turned 17 and uh, and yeah, he was brought down to back down to earth a little bit, wasn't he? He was harshly sent off in the 1-1 draw. What did you make of the, the sending off first and foremost? Yeah, uh, well, it, it was a strange one for anyone who's not seen it. Um, the referee, I think, has assumed that he was the last man and has therefore sent him off. Uh, but George Johnston was covering quite clearly. You know, he was he was there. He was ready to, to block any shot that came in from the Brighton forward. Uh, but the referee reached for his pocket, sent him off. Um, and as you say, it's a, a bit of a... A harsh return to reality for him, uh, but yeah, it, it was the wrong decision. I know uh, James Pearce reported yesterday that Liverpool have decided not to appeal it, but I think that's more because the intention was for him to play for the 18s this week anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, so the ban for the under 23s isn't going to be a massive 
massive problem. Yeah, the under-23s have got a game this Sunday at home to West Brom in the in the Premier League Cup. But before we uh, kind of like talk a little bit about that, what did you make of the 1-1 draw against Brighton? I know you were watching that. It was a bit of a cruel one, wasn't it, at the end? It was, yeah. Um, obviously, the 10-man uh, Liverpool for 70 minutes of that game, I thought they were the better side, to be honest. They had more chances, they had more shots, more shots on target. Uh, whichever way you looked at it, I think they were really unlucky. Uh, the equaliser came from Brighton about five minutes before the end of normal time. Um, and Liverpool had been on top. Um, lots of chances to increase their lead. Um, and ultimately, in the end, they were forced to pay the price for, for not taking those chances. And it was Camacho who had opened the scoring for Liverpool, wasn't it? You know, further kind of just saying to Jurgen Klopp, remember me, get me another chance again. Yeah, it, it was interesting actually to, to see him playing further forward. Obviously, we've seen him play at right back quite a lot. Um, but it was a, a really nicely taken goal, a neat finish from the edge of the area. Liverpool pressing high up the field, won the ball back off Brighton um, and clinically finished by Camacho. It, you know, it just shows his versatility, the quality that he's got um, right into the corner. Perfect shot. Neil Critchley in the under-23 is doing pretty well in Premier League too. I think uh, top five at the moment, but you've got to remember... Uh, the top scorer from last season, one of the star men before he went on alone in the second half of last season to Hull is Harry Wilson. I know you've been tweeting about him this week. Uh, I know we've James Pearce has been writing about him as well. Another goal for Derby in the FA Cup replay at Southampton, which he scored another free kick. He's he's, he's getting a goal of the season contender, a goal of the season collection of his own, isn't he? You know how how excited are you about Harry Wilson? Yeah, massively excited. Uh, I've been excited about him for two three years now. You know we've seen him come through. And whatever test he's been faced with, he's passed it, whether it be for the the 18s, the 23s, he's always scored goals. Last season at Hull, he went out and he scored, you know, however many goals it was, something like a, a two in three ratio, yeah. which from the wing is, is fantastic. Um, and now at Derby as well, he's he's gone there, he scored something like eight, nine goals from outside the box, uh, which is just incredible. Um, and he's got so, so many attributes that, you know, free kicks, goal scoring... Um, dribbling with the ball his vision his touch you can see very much how he'd fit into Liverpool um, playing out wide as well through the middle sort of as a as a 10 um, and going to, to Derby has done him the world of good I think it would be a shame if in this next summer this next pre-season he didn't get a chance just because what would that say to the rest of the under 23s and the rest of the lads out on loan that you know if someone as good as Harry can't get a chance then what hope have they got? I think it's a great point as well. I know uh, we're recording this on Friday. It'll be the 18th of, of January and then this podcast will come out on Sunday the 20th, the first time you'll have a chance to listen to it. And earlier this week, we had the Alain LaRouge podcast with obviously Peter Hooten. They had Terry McPhillips and John Coleman on two football league managers doing very well with their respective clubs. And I think it was John, if I remember rightly, was talking about maybe the one kind of player Liverpool are lacking is someone who can hit the ball from distance. You know, like Coutinho used to do when he used to have those deep-lying defences. And, yeah, he may have five or six pot shots, but with his shooting ability. I just wonder if there's... No-one's expecting Harry Wilson to come back in the summer and to knock Salah or Mane or Firmino out. But I know on... Speaking of another former podcast, uh, View from the Cop, we were saying in the summer, you know, Mane and and Salah are going to be away with in the African Nations Cup... This, this just feels like this. it could be right time, right place for Harry Wilson. Maybe not to start every week, but to be really a, a member of this squad. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, the number of games that Liverpool have each season. This year, we've been unlucky with the Carabao Cup going out to Chelsea. 
Um, but you can definitely see that there's a place for him in the squad. There isn't somebody who's exactly like him. Uh, he can play in, in a midfield. He can play in the front three as well. Um, and yeah, obviously he's not going to come in and replace Salah, but he could be a very, very valuable squad member. It's a big, big pre-season for him, though. He has to impress this summer. It's kind of his last chance. And if Jurgen Klopp doesn't think he's quite ready or he doesn't think he's quite good enough, I can see him moving away permanently. But he's definitely, definitely Premier League quality. Fingers crossed. And hopefully uh, Marco Bielsa's not giving too many secrets about Harry Wilson away <laughs> with Spygate. But that's another subject uh, altogether. But just want to say, Matt, thanks very much for joining me. No problem. Great to have you on. We'll have you on again soon when we uh, we return with the Academy show in the coming weeks. And just a reminder that the under-23s are at home, so West Brom in the Premier League Cup on Sunday. And uh, the under-18s are then take on Accrington at St. Helens on Monday the Monday the 21st, won't it be? I've, I think I've got, have I got my dates right there wrong? If I've got it wrong, it should be the under-23s at home, so West Brom in the Premier League Cup on Sunday the 20th, uh, 1pm kickoff in Kirby, and then the under-18s take on Accrington Stanley at St. Helens on Monday the 21st, 7pm kickoff. Matt, thanks again, mate. Hope you've enjoyed listening to the Academy Show on the Blood Red Podcast channel. You've been listening to the Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.